From CITI Program, I'm Darren Gaddis, and this is On Campus. Today, baccalaureate degrees at community colleges and increasing access and opportunity for students. I spoke with Thomas Norman, professor of management at California State University, Dominguez Hills. As a reminder, this podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not intended to provide legal advice or guidance. You should consult with your organization's attorneys if you have questions or concerns about relevant laws and regulations discussed in this podcast. Additionally, the views expressed in this podcast are solely those of the guest and do not represent the views of their employer. Hi, Thomas. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thomas, before we get started today, would you be willing to share more about your professional background and your own experience? I'm very happy to do so. I've been a professor of management for the last 16 years at California State University's Dominguez Hills campus. That's one of 23 campuses in the largest four-year system in, in our country, the Cal State system. Prior to that, I spent two decades working in industry. So I worked for Procter & Gamble right out of my undergraduate Upon getting my PhD, began my teaching career at Cal State Dominguez Hills, where I just love serving this generation of mostly first-generation students, helping them to kind of connect, you know, their dreams to to careers, some of which I've had, some of which I haven't, you know, just just providing that motivation, kind of inspiration that they they can get to where they want to go, even though a lot of them might not view themselves as traditional students. There's a lot of imposter uh, syndrome that I'm dealing with, but it's, it's a great pleasure every day to go in and work with this group. So you're not actually at a community college, but how do you fit into this larger conversation about baccalaureate degree programs at community colleges? Yeah, great question. So on my campus, and and all the Cal State campuses have a a faculty or an academic senate, so I'm an elected member of our executive group to help set faculty policy at Dominguez Hills, but I've had the honor for the last nine years to be elected one of two campus representatives to our system uh, academic senate. So we send faculty from all 23 campuses to look at system level issues at what we call the academic senate of the CSU, Cal State University. And within that group, I've been fortunate enough to be elected to become vice chair on issues affecting uh, the Cal State system within the, the larger ecosystem of public universities and colleges in California. So that allows me to have a seat in what's called our ICUS group, Intersegmental Council of Academic Senates, kind of a, a mouthful, but it means every month I get together with the community college leaders, faculty leaders, and the University of California faculty leaders, because California has this master plan, we call it, where initially 10%, you know, the top 10% of high school grads were kind of geared towards the UC, the next 30, you know, 3% to the Cal State, and anybody who wants to go on, you know, is encouraged to start the, the uh, community college system of which a great number do choose to transfer to the UC system, to my system, the CSU, or they might go out of state, they might go to a private. But it's really, I think, the engine of California. I think what drew me there and what helped Silicon Valley, Hollywood, these areas do so well is we really have a a great educational system. And with this information and understanding, could you tell us how baccalaureate degree programs at a community college might differ from one that's offered at a four-year university or college? Well, you know, this is going to vary state by state. So let me just share with you what I know the California experience. Probably, you know, five or six years ago on the exact year, uh, there was a pilot program suggested that given how many people were going to college now, we, we now find at the Cal State, it's not 33%, but closer to 40, 50% of high school graduates wanting a college degree. We didn't have the capacity, even with 23 campuses and almost, you know, half a million students in, in those campuses, there wasn't enough space for everybody. 
and, and there also wasn't the ability to, to offer degrees in certain areas community colleges are really good at. So the legislature got together and passed a bill saying, go ahead and create a baccalaureate degree if it addresses an unmet workforce need, right? They don't want to put state money into something that there's not a, a future for the students. We don't want people graduating, you know, proverbial student in debt with, with no good job, but also without duplicating programs and curricula at the CSU or the UC. In curricula, you kind of look at as classes, right? So we shouldn't have four-year degree in history at both because there's already 23 CSUs and, you know, all the UCs offering a degree in, in history or physics or those very common programs. The design is, is that there will be a thoughtful, intentional, consultative process with the higher education system partners, meaning uh, leaders from my system and the UC system will talk to community college leaders as they come up with a new new degree program. And if we say, hey, this is the same, well, then, you know, spend your resources somewhere else. So, for example, mortuary sciences. None of our programs have that. There's not necessarily a desire for us to offer that. So that, that's a, a great area for the community colleges to offer a four-year degree because what we are finding in this information age, this knowledge economy, things that may be required one year, two years, you know, now really might need four years for somebody to be competitive and, and get the skills they need to work in the, the workplace with all the new technology, information literacy, et cetera. So that's what's uh, you know, supposed to happen. There's a process. That pilot then was expanded to a more permanent system in which we're, we're having the same in, you know, engagement. And could you walk me through how fulfilling unmet workforce needs and racial inequality gaps have kind of centered this conversation around baccalaureate programs at community colleges? That's important, whether it's community college or a four-year college. And, and here I want to really highlight, you know, the leadership of my system, of which, you know, I and faculty colleagues have been a small part. In 2015, we engaged in what we called you know, the Chancellor's Office 2020-2025 goal on how are we going to reduce the equity gaps? How are we going to increase the graduation rates? And we've had incredible success, and we're documenting the 2022 Looking at 2015 as the base year, we increased our four-year graduation from 19% to 35%. Now, some might say, well, why doesn't everybody graduate in the four years? Well, times aren't the same as they were for a lot of our electeds who graduated in the 70s or 80s. My students don't sit in the dorms, have nothing to do but study. Most of my students are working 40 hours. Some of them have children, some of them have elder care responsibilities. Many are commuting. And I think if you graduate in six years and those rates have increased from 57% in 2015 to 62% in 2022, uh, you're absolutely a hero. Community colleges, you know, should be doing is making sure they're, they're tracking what's working. And the one advantage I'd say that they, they would have versus some of the Cal states is seeing there are more of them, they are going to be closer uh, to, to folks. And a lot of people don't want to drive or commute and they can fit in the work schedule better. But this is where I'd advocate a closer partnership. The community colleges now are encouraged to have an ADT, which stands for Associate Degree for Transfer for anybody coming in, taking a, a student ready perspective versus a college-ready perspective. You know, all too often now I get mad to say, people need to be college-ready. No, when I, I worked in business for 20 years, you, you don't tell customers you've got to be ready to buy the service. You, you need to be uh, student-ready, you know, embracing the student today, which is not like the students of the 60s or 70s who had four years to, to basically do nothing, sit in the dorms, think about what party they're going to go to, you know, versus thinking of, oh, what am I going to do with my sick child who um, I have to stay home with and I'm going to miss class tomorrow? In thinking of the newer generation, how do community colleges come into play in regards to increasing access for college students? One nice thing that we should all be looking at in the community colleges, I know I look at having been a department chair and an associate dean for a period you know, during my 16 years, is 
looking at that, the need for certain qualifications that may not translate into success in teaching today's students, you know, if we're looking at students from uh, different backgrounds, they're very honest. They want to see the professorate look more like them, right? And if you require X number, you know, research articles and PhDs from only certain schools, you're going to tend to see a, a, a whiter group in particular, you know, less diverse that way. Gender, you know, some imbalances, not, not as significant, uh, but you're going to see definitely fewer black professors to take one example. Community colleges often don't have these same standards, and I've been pushing to say, do we really need these standards for a lot of the business and management classes? Let's find effective educators that can teach, right, versus research, because UC, University of California, you know, Berkeley, UCLA, that's their focus, research and creating knowledge. Ours is balanced. And in the community college, I think, really lead and show the way by taking great educators, people who have jobs, perhaps, in these industries and can relate uh, to the students, can give them that motivation to say, hey, would you like a job like me someday? You know, that it's going to be hard, you know, but, but stick with it because here's the prize at the end, something that you'll love doing. And, you know, instead of thinking you just have this, this career you get through, right, you have this career you're going to embrace and you'll, you'll feel like you're not working a day in your life. And, and that leads to more professors of color, professors with, with different backgrounds interacting. So I think that's one of the key things uh, to deal with it. And then the other is, is the geography. You know, I'll grant that some communities just don't want to leave that far. And, and for just reasons of safety, um, reasons of belongingness, people uh, often find the college experience very different. You know, the imposter syndrome is very real. And if you can retreat to a place that's safer, that's a 20-minute drive versus a three-hour drive, right, that, that's going to encourage more people to take that chance more people to persist. So, so those are advantages. But the other thing, you know, I keep in mind and why I keep stressing a partnership between our four-year system and the community colleges is post-pandemic, uh, we found that with, you know, online education, uh, we can reach everybody in California. We can reach people outside of California. Look at Arizona State University. They're, they're everywhere, right? They've set up a campus in downtown Los Angeles. So, and I'm finding that this Generation Z is really embracing online courses and sometimes too much. I, I think there can be a danger in that some skills that are very necessary are best learned physically in the classroom, at, at least for a portion of the classers, a relationship and a rapport, I find almost impossible to build entirely online. But that doesn't mean it's needed for every course. There's, there's lots of courses where it's a lot of just content, you know, memorization, learning terms, learning a language that would work effectively. And this is where I would say my system is probably a lot like the uh, community colleges. We're embracing that technology because another commonality is several of our, our campuses have seen big drops in enrollment. Right. And so there's been a market pressure to say, hey, we, we don't want to lay professors off. We don't want to stop doing things if we don't have to. If there's students to serve, how can we find those students we're not serving? And, and out of that necessity, right, I think that the community colleges have led the way of saying, OK, this is what's going to work for this community. Right. The Filipino community in Carson uh, might have a couple different preferences than the community in Santa Monica. But then the community up in you know, Pasadena, you know, is going to have, uh, you know, slightly different preferences there, too. And unfortunately, there aren't enough state resources to give every single community college, every Cal State, all the money they need to do everything. But, you know, as some, somebody once said, you know, I believe we can do anything we want. We just can't do everything we want. So as we, we start to understand what our students want, if we let that guide us, the UC, the community colleges and others listening across the nation, I think have a lot to learn from all the experimentation that's taking place because our community college just tend to outnumber the four-year schools by a factor of three or four in, in nearly every state. 
Thinking of Generation Z in mind, what factors have contributed to the increased need for baccalaureate programs at community colleges? Yeah, just, just the, the basic sense of today's workplace, right? When, when our master plan was set up, the goal was 33% would need a college degree. We're now finding that's pushing um, exceeding 50%, right? So there's more people um, who need it for a meaningful job, right? People want to work. I, I really get upset when people say this generation's lazy or they don't you know, want to work. Post-pandemic, nobody would take these jobs. Well, you know, the economist, we said, why don't you try raising that, you know, wage at your ice cream store, you know, $4 an hour, you'd still make money selling your ice cream. Well, you know, they do it and people come, right? So I'd actually say this generation is pretty savvy. They, they don't want to give of themselves or be exploited. So, you know, they're going to hold firm. And, and this comes down to the income inequality, which we've seen greatly caused by technology, which I, I so fear with um, AI and chat GPT and the way that's going to transform knowledge work. It's going to, you know, we have a choice as a society. Do we want to continue this income inequality so that top 10% or maybe it'll become the top 5% will take all the gains or instead are we going to reinvest in education like the state of California once did when the Cal State education was tuition free, truly tuition free. Today, you'll find that, you know, our tuition and fees to students are, are paying half of the cost of the education, which puts a burden on them, causes some of them to just be afraid they're going to have to take out loans. Um, in 1985, there's a study by our faculty union that found the average Cal State student worked 199 hours at minimum wage to pay for one year of, of schooling. The most recent data showed that it's taking 685 hours, right? That's not fair. Just because there's more people going to college, it doesn't mean, you know, and, and if you think about it, that extra 20% are even less well off, right? They tend to, to be lower income. Their families are struggling. They often need these students to actually help work. I have so many students who help their father, help their mother with their jobs, uh, and to expect that they can suddenly, uh, you know, afford to pay, you know, $10,000 that often the, the people in power, the business leaders, our elected officials didn't have to pay. It just seems unfair. And so if you wonder why students are struggling, they still have to cook dinner. They have to shop for groceries. They have to care for people. Why students aren't sleeping as much. Uh, we're seeing student anxiety is an all-time high, right? All these things are really, I think, a symptom of a couple of generations not investing the same amount that was granted to them when they got their education uh, for today and then blaming the young people, you know, for being in debt or for, um, you know, not wanting to work. So if we if we actually could invest in all higher education like we do K through 12 um, and make that commitment, the return I've seen the study show that for every dollar we invest in the Cal State, the state will get $7 back in terms of increased taxes over, over their lifetime because they go into better jobs. Let's get them that $100,000 six-figure job. They're going to pay a lot of California taxes on that. But you know, it's really a battle when, when we have to go to the legislature begging for money every year to, to create the nurses, to create the teachers, you know, the people in the science and STEM fields that are, are state needs. So for those from California, you know, listening, I think this, this should be an issue for the business leaders. The people at Intel and Google, you know, Apple should, should be thinking of what, what a great return they, they get for, um, you know, helping our community colleges and our four-year schools offer the same advantages that most of them had when they were what else should we know about baccalaureate programs at community colleges? Well, you know, this is a trend I think that's going to be here to stay. Um, you know, the baccalaureate degrees are just one piece. I was in a conference this morning talking about open badging and credentials and, and micro certificates. So education is going to be a lifelong pursuit as we're living longer, as retirement age to get Social Security <laughs> increases, right? We, we have a lot of people we're expecting to work, you know, a decade, two decades more than maybe was the thought. And 
with the rate of change, with our jobs do not stay the same for, for five years. So our community college is an essential part of continuing to increase the human capital of each state, each city in our country overall. Absolutely, they are. Should should we be giving our community college uh, faculty a big hug saying thank you for what you're doing? And and should we be asking ourselves if we have a role? Hey, what, what could I do? You know, it, you know, it doesn't have to be financial support. Is there a place that I could be on an advisory board to help you make that connection between the jobs, and the people that I'm hiring and what you're teaching? Or what, what I also love to do is saying, hey, would you even consider teaching at a community college, right? Community colleges are a great way to innovate and figure out, you know, what should be done in different areas. Because, you know, if you let a thousand flowers bloom, you're going to have a lot of different things, you know, work. And, and to me, it seems a much more efficient way to allow experiments at the smaller local level to be studied and researched and then expanded appropriately if we have something that has a, a huge demand. Thomas, thank you for joining me today. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much. Be sure to follow, like, and subscribe to On Campus with CITI program to stay in the know. If you enjoyed this podcast, you may also be interested in other podcasts from CITI program, including On Research and On Tech Ethics. You can listen to all of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other streaming services. I also invite you to review our content offerings regularly as we are continually adding new courses, subscriptions, and webinars that may be of interest to you, like CITI programs, new environmental health and safety subscription. The environmental health and safety subscription provides organizations with key content areas related to health and safety. All of our content is available to you anytime through organizational and individual subscriptions. You may also be interested in CITI programs, AI and higher education, an overview webinar. Please visit CITI Program's website to learn more about all of our offerings.